Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for choosing King Jordan Radio for the 25th of March, 2014. Today we're going to have a very special show. It is the look back at WrestleMania history, and we have a great panel. Let's bring in our all-star panel. Let's start off. He is a wrestling historian. He has uh, been in the wrestling business for many, many years, and he has a hotline. I'm talking about Dominic Valente. Good evening, Dominic, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Okay, Dominic has not checked in yet. Let's try uh, our wrestling insider, the uh, man from Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Double J, JJ. Good evening, JJ, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. Hey, King. Great to be on. A big Monday Night Raw yesterday. It seems that the WrestleMania card has finally taken shape, and we got a new member into the Hall of Fame class, so very exciting. Lots to talk about. Absolutely. Okay, I think we have Dominic now. Dominic, are you with us? Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, Hello, mate. Okay. Hey, Blackjack. Okay. Brother King, Brother JJ, how's it going? What's up, Blackjack? Okay. I was watching WWE Network, and I saw you on some of the old school uh, Raw episodes. Isn't that something? That's why. Yep. I, that's why I, I think it's ninety nine point nine percent. I will be at Mania. I might awesome. as well go. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go again. Yes. Uh, okay, Dominic, are you with us yet? Dominic? Okay. Well, today's a very special show, and we're going to have uh, Dominic after. We're going to go over the previous WrestleManias and results. Uh, so uh, I'll start it off here. And... Uh, Let's go over to uh, WrestleMania 2, way back. WrestleMania 2, I believe that was the one in 
three different locations, yes. Yeah. And the main event was Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. It was in Los Angeles. It was in Chicago. It was in uh, New York City, the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, here's the results for that show. It's going to sound wild. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, teams up with the magnificent Morocco. Uh, check that. Uh, Orndorff and Don Morocco battled to a double countdown. Um, intercontinental title match. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage versus George the Animal Steel, and yeah. Macho Man goes on to win that one. Good match. Jake, yes, inductee Jake the Snake this year defeats George Wells. Um, Mr. T with Joe Frazier and the Haiti Kid defeated Roddy Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob Wharton. Excuse me, with Cowboy Bob Wharton. Now, here's the re results from Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon. The fabulous Moolah defeated Velvet. Uh, Corporal Kirshner defeated Nikolai Volkov. Andre the Giant won a 20-man battle royal by eliminating, yes, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. The British Bulldogs, Baby Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, with Ozzy Osbourne and Lou Albano, defeated the Dream Team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake with Luscious Johnny V in their corner. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated Hercules. Adrian Adonis defeated Uncle Elmer. Terry Funk and Horse Funk defeated JYD and Tito Santana. And in the main event, in a steel cage, no, this is not a steel cage, Hulk Hogan defeated King Kong Bundy. Wow, sounds like a, a very interesting WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I remember Savage and George the Animal Steel. There was such a great built-up. Uh, going into that match, and then even the match itself with George kind of infatuated with Miss Elizabeth, and he was constantly, you know, going by her, and it was always upsetting Savage, and, you know, it was just a, a lot of fun. George Steele was just a really interesting character for that time, and, uh, you know, I just remember it being a really kind of cool match. Oh, you hit it right on the head with that. All right, let's go over to... Let's see here. WrestleMania 4, which I believe... Um, New Jersey. WrestleMania 4 was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And here are the matches and the victors. Bad News Brown in uh, the 20-man uh, over-the-top battle royal uh, won by... Eliminating, you guessed it, Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, I remember that. Virgil and Andre the Giant in their side defeated Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And these are first round tournament matches. Let me uh, note that. The Rock, Don Morocco, defeated Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin. Greg the Hammer Valentine 
defeated Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with the Little Dragon. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage with Miss Elizabeth defeated the natural Butch Reed with Slick. The one-man gang with Slick defeated Bam Bam Bigelow with Sir Oliver Umperdink via countdown. Ravishing Rick Rude def- uh, defeated Jake, De- excuse me, they battled to a time limit draw, which you don't see anymore. The ultimate warrior defeated Hercules. Hercules had Bobby the Brain in his corner. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant with Ted DiBiase and Virgil fought to a double disqualification. Ted DiBiase, okay, these are quarterfinal uh, matches. This was the big tournament, of course. Ted DiBiase defeated Don Morocco in the quarterfinals. Randy Savage defeated uh, Greg Valentine to advance. Uh, in singles matches, Brutus, uh, this is the IC match, defeated uh, defeated um, the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue via DQ. The Islanders, Haku and Tama, uh, defeated the British Bulldogs. Randy Macho Man Savage with Miss Elizabeth defeated the one-man gang via DQ. Demolition Axe and Smash defeated Strike Force or Martel and Tito Santana in a tag team title match. Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth and Hulk Hogan defeated Ted DiBiase uh, with Okay, Randy Savage defeated Ted DiBiase with help from the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan. Now, J.J., do you remember that one? And oh, I think yeah. we have Dominic now. Let me bring him on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the wrestling historian himself, Mr. Dominic Valente. Good Good evening, what's up, bro? How you doing? J.J., how you doing tonight? Hey, Dominic, great to have you, man. Ah, glad to be here. Blackjack, you with us? Brother Dominic, how are you? All right, my man. Okay. Dominic, we were just going over WrestleMania 4. Yeah, I was hearing uh, it before you clicked me over. Yeah, what were your thoughts on that? I don't know, I wasn't too hip with the tournament that they were doing. I didn't like to see Hercules lose to the Ultimate Warrior. Right. And uh, I don't know, I don't think that was that hot of a WrestleMania. No, the tournament wasn't a great idea. No. But you did you did have Beefcake defeating Honky, Savage over Greg Valentine. Some good matches. Savage and Valentine, yeah, had to be good. Beefcake and Honky, I don't know. I don't know who's the good wrestler there. Huh. Uh, DBRC defeated Morocco in that tournament. Yeah, yeah that had to be a good one. You got two two great veterans. And then they had the Battle Royal. Right. With uh, 19 other participants, Bad News Brown, the winner, as he defeated, uh, eliminated the Hitman Hart. Yeah, that was a surprise. Bad News Brown, they could have did a lot more with him in the WWE than they really did, but I guess they chose not to. Okay, JJ, your thoughts on WrestleMania 4? 
Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at WrestleMania four with that tournament edition for the WWE Championship, I mean, they had nearly what sixteen matches and one uh, ma- one WrestleMania. Sixteen matches. Can you imagine that? And uh, mm. it, a lot of people you know, will say it wasn't maybe the WrestleMania, but you know, it was something different. They were trying something different. You know, they the uh, the big moment here was Randy Savage winning the WWE Championship. That was a huge moment for Randy Savage's career. So while the while the Mania, the WrestleMania, you know, pay-per-view itself, you know, you could go either way. It was uh it was something different, you know, maybe you didn't like it, maybe you did, but it was definitely a big moment in the career of Randy Savage. Oh, no question. Uh Blackjack, what was your thoughts? Were you there at WrestleMania 4? Yes, I was and uh it was probably one of the the best manias of all time, believe it or not. I mean, not exactly one thing sticks out at this point in time, but WrestleMania is just a different avenue. It's just like the Super Bowl of the year, like, you know, for us wrestling mm-hmm. fans, you know? Absolutely, no question. All right, let's play this clip of WrestleMania 3 in 60 seconds. Dominic, do you have the results for WrestleMania 3, Andy? Uh, yeah, let me see. I got the almanac here. Got to go through it. Let's see what we now, got. Now, you are reading uh, what almanac? Yeah, the PWI uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated almanac. Okay. Wow. WrestleMania, what number? Three. Number three. All right, WrestleMania 3. Let's see what we got here. WrestleMania, WrestleMania. WrestleMania 2, uh, WrestleMania Mania 3 from Michigan. All right, WrestleMania 3, okay. Rick Martel and the Z-Man Tom Zink won over Bob Orton and Don Morocco. Wow. Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules was a double countout. That had to be a good one. Yeah. Hillbilly Jim, the Haiti Kid and Little Beaver, Went over King Kong Bundy, Lord Littlebrook, and Little Tokyo on GQ. <laughs> Harley Race over JYD. Valentine and Beefcake over Jock and Raymond Rougeau. 
Roddy Piper wow. beat Adrian Adonis. Bret Hart, the Anvil, and referee Danny Davis won over Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith, and Tito Santana. Butch Reed oh, won over Coco Beware. Ricky Steamboat won the IC title, beating Macho Man. Honky Tonk Great Man match. pinned Jake Roberts. Uh, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov won over the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel on a DQ. And Hulk Hogan pinned Andre the Giant. What are your thoughts on that, Dominic? Uh, Do you remember watching that? Yeah, sure. To me, I would have put Bob Orton and Don Morocco over on Rick Martell and Tom Zink. Hercules, I think, was in the WWE long enough to get a victory over Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah. Yeah, the mixed match with the Midgets and Hillbilly Jim, I definitely would have went with the other way with Bundy. Bundy was fantastic, one of the best big guys ever. Harley Race and JYD, that match had to be excellent. I would have put Harley Race over. Valentine and Beefcake, I would have put the Rougeos over on them. I think Beefcake would have been the weak link. Piper and Adonis, that would have went the way I would have put it. Um, Davy Boy, Tito, and Dynamite Kid, they lost, and I probably would have put over Brett, Anvil, and... and uh, Danny Davis. Butch Reed and Coco Beware, that had to be a good one. I would have went with Butch Reed to win that. Steamboat over yeah. Macho Man, winning the IC title. Um, I it think, was a great um, match. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat was a great IC champion. Um, of course, Macho Man was one of my favorite IC champions of all time. Sheik and Volkoff, I, I think they would have beat... Bro- Blair and Brunzel, even if it wasn't a DQ, and Andre pinning, uh, Andre losing a Hogan on a pin, well, that's just a fucking travesty. <laughs> Blackjack, uh, were you there over at WrestleMania 3? Yes, I was there, but, man, there's just so many, you, you accommodate them all, and uh, to pay the truth, unless I actually watched this stuff again, it, I mean the, the memory, my, the memory is shot. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't remember it. Like if I see it again and watch it off the YouTube's and, and tapes, then it's, it's a different story. You know what I'm saying? You get so advanced with the with the modern te- uh, technology with the wrestling nowadays and new up and coming stars. Everything is different. Like, uh, WrestleMania 3 is a lot different than way 30 is going to be. You know what I'm saying? There's just so many great memories. You, you, you can't... I mean, I'm in a position now where I don't remember. I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm like that, too. If I wasn't reading it, I wouldn't have remembered it. <laughs> you think the stars of today could hang with stars from WrestleMania 30? I don't think so. I would so. say no. No. I would I agree say no. with you. What about you, JJ? What do you think? I think it depends who you're talking about. Uh, it depends which stars of today. Could you know someone like a Triple H hang with someone like a Don Morocco or a Harley Race? Yes. Could someone like a Daniel Bryan hang with Randy Savage? Yes. Can somebody hang, these caliber at the time? 
uh, Bruno San Martino still, you know, reigns supreme, you know, in my book, you know, and Pedro Morales. Yeah, you know. that's the same book I have. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll shoot with you, King. You know, that's how it is nowadays. And, I, and I'm sure in, in uh, J.J.'s era, right, which is now the present, man, he would think this is this is great. This is the greatest thing. Back in the day when I was coming up, I mean, 80s, 70s, and, you know, even the late 60s, that was my best times, you know? Yep. Yes, it was a good times in the 80s. I know that. Uh, that's what my time. I think time if Triple H was around back then, I think Triple H would get his ass kicked. I can name you ten guys that would beat Triple H. Hercules, <laughs> Greg Valentine, George Steele, Harley uh, Race. Harley Race would make a hero sandwich out of him. Um, <laughs> Andre. Andre. Yeah, but I'm thinking guys that you would never put like if Morocco yeah. was around today, they would never put him over Triple H. Never in a million years. Oh no. To me, Morocco guys like Don Morocco, Dick Slater, Black Bart, Ron Bass, any of those, any of those guys would be a top name today. And these guys are, you know, these are the kind of guys you know. If something went down at the end of the night, you want them in your corner, you know, yep. to back you up. You know what I'm saying? They'd be there for you. Yeah. It's just a, it's a different uh, uh, time right now, which I I agree with, and it's the changing of the times here. Wrestling is still great. It's better than than it was before, depending on on the avenue that you see it at now. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at a, a different avenue now. You know, I was watching some YouTube matches, uh, San Martino and Killer Kowalski. I mean, oh, yeah. you don't see stuff like that today. It's a different uh, thing here, you know? Like the beatdown that Ryan Daniels got uh, with him and uh, getting all handcuffed and stuff like that. That thing was a little bit too overboard, I think, you know? Yeah, I remember when they well, did that with Foley. And right? The Rock was chair-shotting him one right after another. No, yeah, Foley took a lot of abuse in yeah, his day. Did. Yeah. Well, let's go brutal. 10 years ago, which is uh, relatively uh, current. Uh, John Cena, uh, WrestleMania 20, John Cena defeated the Big Show. This is in Madison Square Garden. Booker T and RBD defeated, wow, I don't know if pronounce this guy's name, Garrison Cade, Jindrak. Oh, oh yeah. Three- Garrison Cade was Lance Cade who died. And Mark yeah. Gindrak is Marco Corleone, who's in CMLL right now. Right, right. So this is a fatal four-way. Okay. So those teams that I just mentioned, those uh, and the Dudley Boys and La Resistance, you remember them? So oh, it was my. the team of Booker T and RBD being those uh, Garrison, K, uh, Gindrak, Dudley's, La Resistance. Yeah, I would have put the Chris, Dudleys over, right? Almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Christian over Chris Jericho. That's that's a, pretty even. I could have, yeah, I could have did one like that. Had Jericho give Christian the rub because he was the new guy. Yeah, Evolution. Randy Orton, Batista, and Ric Flair defeated the Rocket Sock Connection in a handicap match. Oh boy. Listen to this one. Tory 
Wilson and Sable defeated Stacy Keebler and Miss Jackie oh. in a Playboy evening gown match. Yeah, oh, I remember that, tearing each other's clothes off. <laughs> Cruiserweight opened for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Champion Chavo uh, with Chavo, Sen- Chavo Guerrero Sr. defeated uh, Ultimo Dragon, Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, Funaki, Nunzio, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, Tajiri, and Akio. Oh, okay. What was that, a battle royal? That was a cruiserweight open. Oh, my God. The, that sounded like a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a clusterfuck. Let's go to the next match. Really? That's Goldberg, so many guys. Goldberg and Brock Lesnar both who left uh, after that, that, that match. I but remember that, Goldberg. yeah. The crowd was shitting all over that match. They were booing the hell out of both of those guys. Mm. 100%. Uh, we had a fatal four-way four, uh, tag team match for the WWE Tag Team Championship with Too Cool, um, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati defeated the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamins, the Basham Brothers, Danny and Doug, and the APA. So it was too cold coming in on top in that fatal four-way. Hair versus title match for the WWE Women's Championship. It was Victoria defeated Molly Holly. Okay, now we go to uh, the uh, WWE Championship match. Eddie Guerrero over Kurt Angle. Then... uh, Undertaker, with his manager, Paul Bearer, defeated Kane. And triple threat world title match. Benoit over Triple H and HBK, Shawn Michaels. Wow, JJ, what's your thoughts on that, WrestleMania? Well, you know, as you mentioned before, the the changing of the times. When you look at the card from WrestleMania three, and then WrestleMania ten, and then WrestleMania twenty, which we just went over, just how many, how much has changed in the superstars and the faces and the the newcomers. You know, someone like John Cena, that was his first WrestleMania at WrestleMania twenty, and he's one of the few guys besides Undertaker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels were. This will be now Cena's 10th consecutive WrestleMania in a row. Not many people have had 10 WrestleManias in a row. Not even Hogan has been in 10 WrestleManias in a row. So it's definitely something that, you know, he's been around a long time and created quite a legacy for himself. You know, he talked about uh, some of the other superstars like The Rock. The Rock was, you know, just sort of ending his sort of career with the WWE at that time, and he was going into movies full-time, and it was his last, you know, big WrestleMania and teaming up with Mick Foley and taking on the the team of Evolution, which was all about these young guys like Randy Orton and Batista who were new and hungry. And you look at them today, and now they're headlining WrestleMania 30. And, uh and then, of course, the main event, the main event with Chris Benoit. I mean, what a moment that was for his career. 
and you know everybody kind of gets very emotional because it was something that was long overdue, a major world title for him, and to celebrate in the ring with his best friend who he's traveled the globe with and was in you know so many federations with, you know Eddie Guerrero and ECW. WCW, Japan, Mexico, wherever, now the WWE, and they're both on top as world champions. It was quite a moment for both of them. Oh, absolutely. No, no question about it. Okay, let's take a listen to this clip of WrestleMania 1. Federation presents WrestleMania. Santana off the ropes. Oh, high forearm. I don't think he'll last. Hey, Steve Jones, I want you to think about that big avalanche, and I want you to think about a foul trap. David Sammartino going outside. Johnny Valley picks him up. Body Look at that maneuver. Knocks the wind out of him. Sensational victory for Ricky Steamboat. Valentine goes to the eye. Look at that. He got away with it. Santana pulling the referee. I got the next world tag team champion right here. Look at this. Andre picks him up. He's so good. 15 pounds worth of body slam. Lanny Carr, you better watch out because he's a powerful word because he's a powerful woman. Victor, I believe he's the new champion. Nose to nose in the center of the ring. Okay, uh, WrestleMania 1, that is, and Dominic, do you have that on file? Yep, WrestleMania 1, March 31st, 1985, in the Garden. Tito Santana won over the masked executioner, Paul Pershman, a.k.a. Playboy Buddy Rose. David Sammartino and Brutus Beefcake, double disqualification. Ricky Steamboat defeated Maniac Matt Bourne. King Kong Bundy beat S.D. Jones. I think that's the eight-second match. Yeah. Andre the Giant beat Big John Studd. Junkyard Dog beat Greg Valentine by a countout. Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik beat the WWF Tag Team Champions Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo to win the belts. Wendy Ritka beat... Women's champion Leilani Kai to win the belt. And Hulk Hogan and Mr. T won over Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Wow. That was the first. Do you remember where you were, Dominic, when that was going on? Yeah, probably in the house watching it on, uh, I don't know if that was even a pay-per-view, was it? Didn't they have it on uh, at at the garden next door? Felt form, if I remember correctly. They were sold out. That's right, and they put it on the big screen in the felt form. Yeah, because yep. I know I was in first row, and uh, it was a, an amazement and stuff like that. And, and I think they went as far as having uh, it streamed uptown to Seventy uh, Second. 72nd Street, the Beacon Theater. That, I think they streamed it to a few places. Yeah. Yep. But that, that was huge, man. I think my friend saw it on the Ridgewood Grove, too, in, in, uh, in Ridgewood, Queens, all the way down at the end. Of course, Street, right. the OTB was Ridgewood Grove. I think he went there to see WrestleMania 1. Yeah. And I think the tickets, the highest ticket was like 30 bucks. <laughs> Wasn't that something? Yeah, really. 
Wow. $30, God almighty. Now we're talking bucks. in a range of, what, what were we talking about, almost uh, $1,000 for ringside seats, and then you get to keep the chair? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something like that, yeah. Yeah, you should be more than keeping chairs there for that yeah, kind really. of price. And I can remember when ringside seats used to go for, uh, ringside seats was $6, ringside seat, and that got two people, two adults in. That's right. <laughs> How was that? Yep. I heard the seats were like top ringside the other night at the Brooklyn uh, Barclays Center, uh, $120. Yeah, they were. For a pair of tickets all the yep. way up top. Those blue seats used to call, uh, be $3. Wow. Yeah, my friend Greg went with his whole family. He he, he said it cost a fortune. They were in sixth row. That's crazy. Well, I don't know. What was, the, what was the price of the tickets there? I don't know. I don't know. I think he put them all together as one. Okay. It was, and then, um, it was him and his son. Uh, that's two. His sister and her husband is four. And I think two other people. I think there was six. I think he said $600 or something. Isn't that something? And then you get a hot dog like what? About $10 or $12? Oh, forget it. A friend of mine gave me the prices of stuff like that in an indoor arena and at Yankee Stadium. You're better off eating first and getting drunk first because you ain't and, buying beer or hot dogs in there. And that was a Raw show, which was televised, and they still sold out 17,000 uh, seats, which is great, you know? Yeah. For this yeah. day and time, it, it's amazing. It is. Totally amazing. Uh, JJ, well, you've been uh, watching some WrestleManias on the uh, WWE Network. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, on the WWE Network, they have a show, an original series called WrestleMania Rewind, in which they discuss, you know, certain WrestleManias. They've had so far three episodes. Tonight, they're debuting the fourth episode, but one of the first episodes, of course, that they had was, since we just discussed it, was WrestleMania 1, you know, when the mania begins, and the whole idea behind it, and it, one of the cool things about watching this on the network is that they have a lot of the superstars of today, whether it's, you know, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, or even Vince McMahon himself, or Stephanie. And sometimes they'll bring back, you know, Mean Gene Okerlund or Pat Patterson, and they'll discuss, you know, what went into this WrestleMania and, you know, how it came about. And they all talked about, you know, one of the reasons that made this WrestleMania so successful was, you know, Mr. T., you know, when you look at a lot of celebrities who came into there, like Liberace, Muhammad Ali, The Rockettes, Cindy Lauper, who was, you know, a pop culture icon at the time with, you know, number one albums and songs and things of that nature, Billy Martin. But what really sold WrestleMania was Mr. T, because here you have this bona fide celebrity who was at the height of his career. He was in the A-team as a badass. He was just got done from the the Rocky Three with Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he was really just at his apex in his career, so popular, and he was just you know a legitimate badass as far as Hollywood was concerned. And to have him cross over into wrestling, and here he is, you know, side by side with Hulk Hogan. It was believable that Mr. T could possibly wrestle and sort of hang with these guys, even though, you know, he had very little to no experience. It was still believable, and the fans at the time were really excited about it. And the fact that he wasn't just a referee or an announcer, he was actually in the match, and he did some, you know, body slams, hip tosses. Whether or not they were pretty or not 
doesn't, it didn't even matter. Just having him there and the fans seeing him in the ring and just a lot of the, the promos they did leading up to it and him and Hogan going back and forth, it was just, you know, it was very exciting for the time, and it definitely is what sold that pay-per-view. And then Rowdy Piper, who was just the most hated man alive, you wanted to see Piper get his ass kicked by Hogan and especially Mr. T because Piper was someone who was very, you know, very you know, private about the business. And here you have this outsider, this celebrity coming into, you know, your neck of the woods and Piper was really attacking Mr. T and made it personal. And uh, that was just a really great time. Everybody just hated him and it was just a, a really fun match that set the tone for the future WrestleManias. And they even brought Mr. T back at WrestleMania 2. Uh, another WrestleMania rewind they had was, of course, WrestleMania 3, the irresistible force and the immovable object, Hogan and Andre. Their friendship finally broken. It all started when uh, Hogan got a trophy for being you know, the WWE champion for three years, and then you have Andre the Giant, who was undefeated, undefeated in wrestling for 15 years, and he wow. got this very small, minuscule trophy. And meanwhile, Hogan, who was champion for three years, got this big, giant trophy. And Andre was just kind of looking at him like, you know, this, this ain't right, man. I've been undefeated 15 years, and I get this little piece of garbage. And, of course, soon after, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan became the manager of uh, Andre the Giant, and then he sort of became the mouthpiece. And nobody could really cut promos like Bobby the Brain Heenan. He just made you hate him even more. And it really got people to hate Andre, who at the time was just a very likable, lovable figure in wrestling. You know, he was very friendly. And then all of a sudden, they had this promo with, I don't know if it was on Piper's Pit, where Andre and Hogan were going at it. And then Andre just ripped Hogan's shirt off of his chest. And in doing so... Hogan at the time used to wear the, the cross or a rosary around his neck, and he also ripped the cross off his neck. And at the time, you know, the, you know religion and, you know, everything, you, you didn't, you know, just rip somebody's cross off their, their body. And it actually, Hogan was bleeding. And Hogan, who I mentioned was undefeated, uh, well, not undefeated, but he was champion for three years. You know, everybody talks about the immortal Hulk Hogan. Well, the immortal Hulk Hogan turned to be just a normal guy, and he was bleeding. Andre <laughs> made Hogan bleed, and it was something that was unthinkable at that time. So for them to finally go at it with the title on the line, you know, Andre in the past had always said, you know what, I don't want to be champion. I just want to be the giant. But now it was personal, and now he wanted that title, and this was it. But in reality, you know, Andre was doing lots of other things outside of wrestling, he was doing movies. and The Princess Bride on one of those movies. Yeah, so Andre was kind of branching out of wrestling. So this could have been one of his last uh, matches. In fact, Vince had to really beg Andre. He goes, listen, listen, man, we need you for WrestleMania three. And at the time, Andre's back was really bothering him. And uh, he still, he went into that match with Hogan, and he took that body slam at the moment in time that we will never forget. It's something we still talk about today, the infamous body slam of Andre the Giant, who, you know, if you watch, you know, the WWE on TV or whatever, you never saw anyone do that uh, to Andre. There were, of course, dark matches where Ultimate Warrior had done it, but, you know, you never saw it, 
you know, on TV and especially WrestleMania, it was such a big deal. You never even saw Andre leave his feet. So to be body slammed by Hulk Hogan and then to defeat him, suffering his first loss, it was a big deal. And it was another one of those big WrestleMania moments. And uh, they, another WrestleMania rewind was WrestleMania 14. You know, this was during the Attitude Era when the Austin Era really took off when he won his first championship. Again, kind of similar to WrestleMania 1 where you had Mr. T who really made this such a big pay-per-view. At WrestleMania 14, you had Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, who at the time was such a very public figure in boxing, very controversial. And at the time, if you can imagine... You know, the WWE, they weren't the number one wrestling promotion in town. WCW and the NWO, they were getting all the ratings and everybody was looking at them. But then when, Mr. when uh, Mike Tyson showed up in the WWE and he had that confrontation with Stone Cold Steve Austin on Raw, it really started bringing a, just a little bit more media attention towards the WWE. And Shawn Michaels, who was the champion... You know, he was almost like an afterthought because so many people were just focused on Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rising star, and then Mike Tyson. And uh, Michaels, who at the time was another one where his career was coming to an end, he had suffered a horrible back injury in a casket match with The Undertaker. This would be his final match in the WWE for some time. And uh, he even said uh, in the video talking about uh, that match that he wishes he could have done more for Steve. You know, he feels that it wasn't his best performance at all. He says it's, you know, uh, you know when he looks back on it, it was such a, a bad performance. But honestly, if you're a fan and you watch it, you notice maybe you didn't see the same heartbreak kid that you saw in other WrestleManias. But if you're just watching as a fan, I think, you know, it was a pretty decent match. And it was, you know, the big thing here was Mike Tyson at the end who got that pin and, uh, or not pin, but who was there to referee Austin pinning Michaels and doing the one, two, three, and then Tyson holding up Austin's hand, Austin just winning the WWE Championship for the first time, and then Shawn Michaels going up to Mike Tyson, who at the time was aligned with DX. He was coming out there and doing the, the chops and the suckets with them. And then, Mike, you know, what the hell's going on? And then Mike Tyson just, you know, cocked his arm back and laid Michaels out with a punch. And it was something that you know, everybody was talking about. Oh, did you see Mike Tyson punch out Shawn Michaels? It was just a real big moment at that time. And it would really change the landscape in the WWE, and it would eventually get things going towards them, and WCW would finally be at, these, at second place. Is this and stuff you're watching now, JJ? That's the stuff, uh, yeah. That they have it's on, on the that, that net, WE stuff, the network? That's on the network right now, yeah, WrestleMania Rewind. Tonight they have a new episode at WrestleMania 10, the brother rivalry between Owen and Brett. So that's something that I personally am looking forward to. So right. I definitely will check that out after King Jordan Radio. Absolutely. All right, we'll get back to some more WrestleManias, but I want to talk about the latest induction, as Blackjack correctly pointed out. It is the bad guy, but it's not, he's not going in as Scott Hall. He's going in as Razor Ramon. What is your take on that? Let's start with uh, Dominic. Should he go in as Scott Hall? Didn't he revolutionize the uh, business as Scott Hall is one of the outsiders? Or is it better that he goes in as Razor? 
Hey, uh, King Jordan, JJ, and Blackjack, I want to say that it's a pleasure going in to the Hall of Fame, Chico. They should have put Razor Ramon slash Big Scott Hall because that's who he is. Oh, you may, Chico. That's what they should have did. They should have put Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon. Because you know when he comes out on us, uh, he's not going to say, Hey, yo, I'm proud to be here. Something happens to the chains. Something's going to happen to you. You know he ain't going to come up there and do that. Everybody knows how he talks. He might. Yeah, he might do that, and then he he might do it a little bit and just say, "Yo, he I'm happy to be here." You know that was that was the thing that really put him over in that in that organization. And you got to remember, WWE owns that name, right? You know, so if anything, Scott holds his real name, so they own that too. Nobody, you know, no, they he don't owns own it. that. His, his real name. Scott he wrestles with Scott Hall in WWE. Say it again. He wrestled with Scott Hall in the WWE. Yeah, during the second time. Yeah, the the, the time hey, he with uh, oh, yeah, he was in a, he he was in his Razor Ramon, but then he came back. He came back. He was Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah but when exactly. they first brought him in on the scene, he brought him in as Razor Ramon. He lost him at WrestleMania 18. Remember, like it was yesterday. Okay. But, uh, J.J., what's your take? Should he have went in as a Scott Hall or a Razor? Well, here's the thing. I've, I've been, you know, reading this a lot, you know, online, especially Twitter. Everyone has an opinion about it. But here's the thing. We don't necessarily know what the future holds. And what I mean by that is that you don't know if the WWE has plans in the future to induct the NWO as a unit. That could happen, and if they do, they would have to induct Hogan for a second time, much like Flair was inducted a second time for the Four Horsemen. Kevin Nash would be inducted, and then Scott Hall would be inducted. But for right now, the WWE is acknowledging their character, Razor Ramon. But here's okay, the you know what? Didn't they bring in somebody else as Razor Ramon after that? Razor another guy look alike? You are also inducting Scott Hall. Here's the big thing people don't realize. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, same guy. So when you induct Razor Ramon, you're also inducting the body of work of Scott Hall. Whether or not the WWE acknowledges or not isn't the point. The point is, yes, their character is being acknowledged, Razor Ramon. But you have to include everything that the man did, not just the character, but the man. The man is going in the Hall of Fame. Yes, it's as a character, Razor Ramon. They're acknowledging his career as the bad guy. And I get that, and that's all well and good. He had that amazing moment at WrestleMania 10 with Shawn Michaels, which defined his career in the WWE as Razor Ramon. So, yes, they're acknowledging that. They're acknowledging Razor Ramon, their character. But in the future, all I'm saying is they could induct Scott Hall a second time. It could happen, whether it does or not, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but he could be inducted as Scott Hall at a later date. But for right now, I'm happy Razor Ramon is in it because guess what? Razor Ramon, he's Scott Hall. Didn't they bring in another person after that? Yes, they did. That was Rick Titan. Yeah. 
who then wrestled over in Japan. And Jim Ross said, next week, we are going to see the return of Razor Ramon and uh, Big Sexy. Right. Well, and Diesel. Yeah, yeah, right. Big Sexy Diesel. And they were all saying, oh, that can't be. They were WCW. Right. Sure enough, they played their music, and out comes <laughs> Kane as yeah. the phony Diesel, and Rick Titan, his real name is Rick Bogner, as the phony Scott Hall. They look like him, but Rick Titan was horrible in the ring. Kane yeah. at that time tried to put, play it off the best he could as Diesel, because Kevin Nash stinks as a wrestler anyway. <laughs> so, Kane could have left all his wrestling knowledge behind and just did nothing. And it was a rumor back then that they were going to bring in Steve Carino as X-Pac. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they, they did, for whatever reason, they just never did it. I don't know if they they couldn't get Steve Carino to do it. And maybe I don't think they could come with uh, the, the talks on that really good. What's that? The talks weren't so strong on that at the end. It just faded out, you know? Yeah, it did. It did. Totally unbelievable. Yeah, okay, but if they would have brought him in as X-Pac, who knows what would have happened. But then the announce team was saying, that's not that's not the original guys. Right. <laughs> he said, I never said it was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. I just said it was Razor Ramon and Diesel. That's when they tried to make... Um, Jim Ross, the manager of them, as a bad guy manager, but that that never worked. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. Let's go back to WrestleMania 24, which was in 2008 in Orlando. We had a 24-man battle royal for the ECW Championship match, and it was Kane eliminating Mark Henry to win. Uh, then we had what is called a belt pass brawl with JBL defeating Finley with Hornswoggle there. Uh, Money in the Bank ladder match had CM Punk defeating Shelton Benjamin, Jericho, Carlito, Montel, uh, MVP, Mr. Kennedy, and John Morrison. That must have been good. Yes. Yeah. Representing SmackDown, defeated Umaga. May he rest. Um, single match for the ECW Championship. Kane defeated Chavo Guerrero. Uh, career-threatening match. If Flair loses, he's forced to retire, and that's what happened. Shawn Michaels, HBK, defeated Ric Flair. Playboy Bunny Mania Lumberjill match. Beth Phoenix and Molina with Santino on their side defeated Maria and Ashley. Triple threat match for the WWE Championship had Randy Orton as the champion defeating Cena and Triple H. And we're talking about boxes. We have another one in this one. Floyd, Money, Mayweather uh, defeated the Big Show via knockout uh, in a no-DQ match. Single match for the World Heavyweight title had 
The Undertaker defeating Edge with Vicky Guerrero uh, in the corner by submission. And, uh, J.J., what are your memories of that WrestleMania? Well, I definitely missed the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. Those were something really special for WrestleMania when they started out. And it was something that, you know, a lot of the stars who maybe didn't have a singles match could go there and display something really, really cool. Someone like a Shelton Benjamin, who was very athletic and could do springboards off the ropes and onto the ladders and tables. I mean, those were some really chaotic, crazy, but fun matches to watch. And, of course, the Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match was just, even as a wrestling fan, I don't care who you are, that was just an emotional match. They really did such a phenomenal uh, job with their storytelling, and just the match was just so emotional. I think everybody knew that Rick Flair was probably going to lose and that Shawn Michaels would have to be the one to do it. It was just an amazing moment. I'll never forget Shawn about to hit Sweet Chin music and Rick Flair with, you know, a tear down uh, his cheek, you know, and he knew it was going to come. And then when Michaels pinned him, it was just, you know, very sad to see the career of the Nature Boy come to an end like that. But uh, what a match it was. They really, Michaels, you know, that's why he's Mr. WrestleMania. He just goes all out. And uh, Ric Flair, you know, that's really, uh, a really great match for him. And, you know, he's been a big fan of Sean. If anyone could retire him, Besides Sting, I think he was glad that it was Shawn Michaels. And, of course, Edge. Edge, his first WrestleMania main event, and especially going up against The Undertaker. He was a victim of the streak. He also had Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins uh, by his side, who were the Edgeheads. Oh, kind of wow, yeah. Little copycat uh, Edges. So it was a pretty yeah. cool time for Edge there, yeah. It was a good match. Taker won with his, his uh, choke. Absolutely. Okay, let's come back to the WrestleMania in a second. Let's go to this clip. Does Bray Wyatt have the best promo in the WWE? Let's take a look. John Cena was out for a promo. He admitted that he is afraid of Bray Wyatt. Not afraid enough, apparently, since he was cracking jokes about him the week before. Uh, at least now he's, he's admitting he's afraid of, of the homeless man in his fedora. He's afraid that the fans may be buying into what Wyatt has been saying about him, that Bray is out to destroy his legacy. I, I like that they had John Cena admit to fearing the guy, but these Cena promos just, you know, they, they, they ring hollow to me. And it goes back to the build for his first match with The Rock. All those weeks on television of... I have to win this match, Rock. I have to. I have to win this match. If I don't, my career is over. And, and, and my legacy is shattered. All, all that kind of stuff. And what happened? Absolutely nothing. Not only did nothing happen, I remember a few months later on TV, maybe even a month or two, Cena in a segment with Vince McMahon openly mocking the fact that he lost to The Rock at WrestleMania. Like it's a joke. Now I'm supposed to care that his legacy is going to be ruined if he loses this one match? This is what happens. This is what happens when you do that. I like this promo. I just couldn't believe a thing he was saying. So in that way, I guess Bray Wyatt is, is telling the truth when he calls Cena a liar. Wyatt popped up on the Titantron, decked out in John Cena gear. He had the neon shirt on, the neon wristbands. 
Talked about seeing his plastic girlfriend. That was an awesome line. And true, too. Nikki Bella did an interview. I forgot where. She claimed that she, she did not know that line was coming. I don't believe that, but that's what she says. Uh, he says he's different than any other opponent John Cena has ever faced. He's willing to die to show the world the kind of man that John Cena really is. I, I don't think it's even close with Punk Gun that Bray Wyatt is easily the best promo in wrestling right now. Can we all agree on that, that he is the number one guy right now? Later in the show, they had a music video for the match set to Eminem's new song, Legacy. Uh, never in a million years thought that Eminem would fit with Bray Wyatt, but that's one of the best promos I've ever seen them do. Uh, not not quite as good as the placebo one they did with Undertaker and, and Shawn Michaels, that running up the hill, running up this hill song, uh, but pretty close. Wyatt, the interesting thing about Cena and Wyatt at WrestleMania, I'm, I'm getting into this match a little bit more each week, and it's more because of Bray Wyatt than John Cena. John Cena has really done nothing different than he does in every other match, but I'm really digging Wyatt's work, his promos. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really liking it, and so I'm into the match. And the thing is, he doesn't have to beat Cena at WrestleMania. He doesn't have to. But, man, I really hope he does. I really do. How huge would that be for him? To pin John Cena at WrestleMania. He's already got a win over Daniel Bryan. Bryan wins the title. He's got a ready-made challenger after Orton gets his rematch. They can they can save the Batista title win for the summer when his movie comes out. And and the way I look at it, Batista isn't due a rematch after WrestleMania if he loses anyway because he's not the champion. So you can easily transition him into something else for a few months. And you can have Bryan and Bray Wyatt for the WWE title. It, it's not as unlikely as some people may think. Some people may look at that, oh, that's not a championship main event. I'd have no problem with it. They had an awesome match at the Royal Rumble, and Bray beat him clean. So why wouldn't that set him up as, as the number one contender after WrestleMania if he beats John Cena? Of course, if he loses to John Cena, then it makes no sense. Okay, JJ, I want to go to you on this first. What's your thoughts on that commentary? I pretty much agree with everything he said. You know, Cena, he does the usual thing we see every week, every week for the past, you know, 10 years. But uh, with Bray Wyatt, it does feel kind of new. He adds a new twist in uh, this story with Cena. Although, much like he said, I don't understand Cena saying, oh, my legacy's on the line. But what do you mean your legacy's on the line? Your legacy was on the line when you went up against The Rock the great one, the one from the Attitude Era, the two, you know, eras colliding, the PG and the Attitude Era, that was Cena's legacy. It was the defining moment. He had to beat The Rock, and he didn't. Not the first time. But now we're having this match with Cena and Bray Wyatt, and suddenly his legacy's on the line again, and I just don't see it. Bray Wyatt, I like the guy. His promos really are great. With Punk gone, I would say he's definitely the number one heel, and he definitely has, you know, some of the most interesting, surreal, strange, bizarre promos. I don't know what he's saying half the time, but it just sounds so right. You know, uh, Bray Wyatt does a phenomenal job with his character, and, you know, I even read recently Mick Foley was praising Bray Wyatt. He compared him to mankind, that, you know, they kind of deliver these kind of weird messages and there's always something more to them and they're very cryptic and I think of cryptic you know promos like that I do think of mankind I think of Jake Roberts I think of Raven so I think Bray Wyatt is just that new generation he's that next he's 
you know, he's not something completely brand new, like I said, but he's, it's just that it's new for the WWE because it's what's going on right now. It's something that, you know, WWE sort of, you know, using this kind of character in a, a different light. And I think Bray Wyatt is just hitting the home run. He's doing very well. He's embracing it. He's got Luke Harper and Eric Rowan behind him. So he has this, like, sort of, you know, zombie army behind him of these muscle men who are doing his biddings and destroying people. They mentioned, you know, he did that one promo where he was wearing Cena's uh, gear. He was wearing the hustle and, you know, respect, the T-shirt. He was wearing the armband, and he was mocking Cena. I thought that was great. They usually you know, come out with a, with, a, with a sheet mask, right? Is that what yeah, it's... yesterday on uh, Raw, they, they put the sheet mask on Cena. And I thought that was great, too. They're going to be selling that. Watch. They are. They are still. You could get it at WWE Shop right now if you want. It's, yeah. It's a part of the white. <laughs> yeah, they didn't waste long with that, Blackjack. They got on the ball real quick. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you got to stay with and uh, uh, market it. That, that guy, I can see this Wyatt. He's going to be big. Yeah. Especially at WrestleMania, if he beats Cena, it will definitely be a defining moment for Bray Wyatt. For Cena, yeah, the fans, you know, they, they give Cena a lot of beef. They, you know, chances are New Orleans for WrestleMania, they're going to boo him out of the building. But at the same time, all the kids who are watching, they love the guy, they support the guy. You can see him ringside or whatever. They're, they're, they, he has his supporters. So if he gets the win, they'll be happy. But at the same time, if he wins... What does it do for him? It doesn't really do that much for him. But for Bray Wyatt, it could make his career. Look at that Del Rio. All of a sudden, he was a bad guy, and then the fans hated him. And then the, the next year, he won the, the, the Rumble and, and became a big star, right? Yep. Yeah, he won the 40-man Royal Rumble, and he yeah. know, suddenly became a fan favorite. Well, it should be uh, interesting. Dominic, what's your take on the Bray Wyatt situation? Well, his promos are excellent. I don't think he's a main event guy. I really don't think he's got the talent to main event yet. But he's going up against Cena, and Cena is like Hogan. He's got three or four moves, and that's that's really about it. I've seen them say that about Orton. uh, I know, same same thing with Orton. He's got two or three moves, and, and that's really it. Guys like Daniel Bryan have have the moves. Um, yeah. CM Punk has the moves. If you want to go down to mid-card, uh, Justin Gabriel has the moves. Uh, Kofi Kingston has all the moves. These yeah. top guys, they do three things, and that makes them a star. To me, to me it don't. Yeah, i got to agree with you on that. Okay, let's get some thoughts on the Triple H beatdown of Daniel Bryan. Let's take a listen to this. And to end the show, we had the Daniel Bryan Triple H face-off. Hunter puts over Bryan, says that the two of them are the are the best at what they do. Said he respects Daniel Bryan for not giving up through all the obstacles that they've thrown in front of him. A lesser man would have taken his ball and gone home, he said. And that got a CM Punk chant from the crowd, and rightfully so. There's no doubt about who that comment was aimed at. So, uh, you have to think, he, he, nobody is more pissed at CM Punk than Triple H. Since it was his match that Punk bailed on. I, I would imagine there's probably some resentment there. So he said he respects Brian. This brought out Stephanie, who couldn't believe how soft her husband had gone. She was furious. She's, she's so awesome in her role, Stephanie. 
I mean, her voice is like nails on a chalkboard when she screams, but she's, she's very good in her role. Uh, both of them, actually, have been quite great lately. Stephanie wanted Brian arrested for the Occupy Ross segment in Memphis. Why, why would she think Texas cops would arrest Daniel Bryan for a, a crime in Tennessee? You know, a minor crime, a misdemeanor, if that. Uh, the cops, quote-unquote, circled Brian in the ring. They forcibly held him down. They handcuffed his arms behind his back. Triple H called him off, said, you're not even real cops. Get the hell out of here. And that opened the door for him to beat the crap out of Daniel Bryan. To say that he beat the crap out of him is actually kind of an understatement. He threw him shoulder first, head first, into the ring steps, into the barricade. He dropped him across the announce table. He hit him in the head with a chair. He laid him out with a pedigree. All of this with Brian's arms tied behind his back. You can't protect yourself. You can't brace yourself for impact. It looked dangerous. I like this. Triple H looked like the Triple H of old back when he was on his A-game as a heel. So, you know, we're going back 12 or 13 years here. Uh, I've always thought he was a much better heel than a babyface. He's really only been a heel since SummerSlam after being a babyface since 2006. That's a long time between uh, heel Triple H runs. So I thought this was a powerful angle to close the show even much more now at stake in their match, and that makes it a little more intriguing and a little less predictable. So I don't see what there is to complain about, other than, oh, Triple H is going to be in the main event. You know, I don't think he will be, and if he is, he's not winning, so who cares? Brian's going to walk out with the title. It's the only storyline ending that makes sense to all this. And uh, they're claiming that Daniel Bryan is hurt, partially dislocated shoulder, ligament stretched, capsule swelling. No surgery necessary, but he will. He has promised to be on Raw this Monday, so that is the uh, the storyline they're going for. Okay, JJ, we know that was from last week, but what do you make of the commentary? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at last week's Raw, when the when the segment started towards the end of Raw, you know, at first you saw Triple H call out Daniel Bryan, and he just kind of addressed that. Listen. You've been here. I threw a lot of obstacles at you since SummerSlam with Randy Orton and all the matches and all the finishes and whatever, and you're still here. And, yeah, that was a little bit of a jab at CM Punk, a guy who was champion for 434 days, 15 months, and out of those 15 months, he only main evented four pay-per-views. That's pretty sad, but I digress. The point is now it's about Brian and Triple H, and we did see the Triple H of old. And we did see Triple H doing things we haven't seen in a long time. And it's kind of funny when they replay that segment, they black out the one scene where Triple H does a chair shot to Daniel Bryan when his hair is at the corner of the ring towards the post. And yet he was handcuffed the whole time to this beatdown. There was even a point where he dragged them ringside, and they have this sort of cooler that's filled with water and uh, you know, ice and things like that. And he kind of waterboarded him. You can hear you know, Stephanie McMahon shrieking in the background, drown him! And it's just like, oh, my God. You know, was it the most violent thing you've seen in the WWE? No, but at the same time, it was the most violent thing that we've seen in the PG era. So a lot of people are making a big deal because we haven't seen something maybe to that degree in a long time. We mentioned earlier The Rock and Mick Foley at the Royal Rumble and, uh, you know, those unprotected chair shots. You know, this was something very well choreographed, but it was done very well. 
Triple H again looking like the badass he used to be when he was the game and the cerebral assassin. So, uh, unfortunately, Brian wasn't at Raw yesterday. So I think that was just their way of making sure they could sell the injury. You know, after a beating like that, then suddenly he shows up and he's okay. He's like, no, they wanted to be believable that Triple H kicked his ass to the point that he can't even show up. He's physically not able to. So, I mean, I kind of understood that, but I felt bad for the people who went to the show yesterday hoping to see Daniel Bryan, and there was no Daniel Bryan. But uh, this match is definitely building up. This is something that, you know, it has been building up since SummerSlam. Whether or not this match was originally supposed to happen or not because of CM Punk walking out, but it's going to happen now, and, you know, it leads up to the potential of Bryan or Triple H being thrown into the main event for the WWE Championship in a triple threat match. Everyone is saying that Bryan's going to win, and if he doesn't, it is going to be a huge, huge riot in New Orleans, and the fans are going to go berserk. They are going to crap all over that main event if it's Triple H, Batista, and Orton. That is going to be something to the likes that I don't think we've seen it probably since Goldberg and uh, Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. The fans are just going to crap all over it. So hopefully Daniel Bryan has his happy ending. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, Dominic, what's your thoughts on the uh, Triple H, uh, Daniel Bryan uh, saga? Well, I like to see Daniel Bryan beat the hell out of Triple H because he's a lot better wrestler. And... I just hope for some stupid reason, this just came to my mind, I hope it don't go to a draw at double countout and put both guys in the main event and make it a fatal four-way. And having uh, a title match the next night on Raw. Yeah, yeah, or have, or have a title match the next night on Raw. I don't know. I, want, I don't like the idea that it's a three-way anyhow. I think it should have been one-on-one, and... I want to see Daniel Bryan come out there to win. I want to see him beat the balls off of Triple H and win the three-way. Because if they don't, there's going to be a freaking riot in there. Yeah. They better call real cops this time. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when it's all said and done, Daniel Bryan will be chanting yes, yes, yes. And and I hope they don't screw him on Raw Monday night and do something and take the belt away again. I oh, hope God. not, but I, I'll tell you, I'm going to differ from all you guys, and I don't think uh, Daniel Bryan is going to win that title. Wow. You think he's going to be Triple H? Or Batista? No, you think Daniel Bryan is going to be Triple H? If anything, maybe wearing the title, um, you know, it might lean into his position to where he's in, in, in it all because he got uh, – Friction between uh, uh, Batista and uh, Orton. And Orton, you're right. So, you know, I, I just try to make things like exciting for my own saint of mind here, I guess, you know? That's yeah. the way I, I would really see it. I, I can't see them uh, giving uh, Ryan the, the, the title with all this stuff. It's, it's still uh, good. He's got to still be uh, chasing that, that title, I think. If Triple H beats Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan don't get into that three the, the three way in the main event, people are going to start breaking shit and people are going to start getting up and leaving. And I seen this guy uh, Bryan. He, he beat Orton. I mean, he beat um, 
Cena uh, already, and, and look, they still stripped him of the title, and he's been yep. chasing that title ever since. Yep. Yeah. So you, you well, keep I don't know why they hungry, keep the fans that man hungry. Together. Nobody cares about Batista. They don't care much, too much about Orton, but they'll live with him. But as far as Batista, they just bow him. He gets no heel heat. He gets no heat whatsoever. He's not like The Rock. Nobody cares about Batista anymore. Frankly, I don't even know why he's in the main event, Dominic. Well, they were glad when Batista first came back, but they didn't like the idea that he got pushed ahead of everybody else. That's yeah. one of the reasons why Punk left. And he said, I'm a friend of Batista's, but he just came back and he shouldn't be pushed ahead of guys like me and Daniel Bryan and Ryback was supposed to be the next big thing, and he's not. Uh Batista's even, I think they pushed him even past Brock Lesnar. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah, it's true. But Lesnar's in a good spot uh, going for the uh, streak. Of course, yeah, I was yeah. in Yeah, Brock is in a very good spot. Yeah, whatever you could work with Undertaker in that streak, which I don't think is ending, by the way. But we'll no, get to that. Right. I, I, I'll never see that streak ending. But, uh,. What about you, J.J.? What's your thoughts on Batista? Yeah, I agree. Uh, when they first brought him back, they got big ratings on Raw. Everybody wanted to see Batista's return. He got cheered. But then when he won the Royal Rumble, it pretty much ruined his momentum. Everybody got a real sour on him real quick because they saw this guy who just came back out of nowhere, and suddenly now he's main eventing WrestleMania. He's getting the biggest payday out of guys who have been there week in, week out. And, you know, for wrestling fans, and even you have to imagine the boys in the back, whether or not, you know, they, want, they realize what's best for business. At the same time, it does kind of suck when you have guys like a Punk or Daniel Bryan or even somebody else along the lines who's really a hard worker who should be in the spotlight but isn't because now they have to take a back seat to Batista. It would have been better if they could have waited maybe till SummerSlam or the end of the year to give the title to Batista, as they mentioned, you know, maybe when his movie came out in late August or whatever. But for right now to do it this quick, it just was, it, you know, it hit a lot of bad note with fans. So now they turned on him. They don't want to see anything to do with him. And he's coming out there. He's getting booed just because the fans don't want to see him. As Dominic said, I don't think he's getting heel heat that people love to hate him. They just don't want to see him. It's Mm. it's not that they, you know, he's not like Rowdy Piper. People hated Piper. You know, Batista, they just don't want to see the guy right now. It's It's just a situation where, you know, it was, I would have loved to have seen Batista and Randy Orton in a one-on-one match and neither one of them fighting for the title. If there was someone else in the title picture, like a Brian or a Punk, and, you know, going at it, that would have been awesome. You know, Batista versus Orton is a great WrestleMania match as long as there's no championship on the line. But now that it's for the championship, and people just are upset about it. They don't want to see it. And, you know, to have now you have two heels. As much as there should have been, like Dominic said, I don't want to see a fatal four-way for the WWE title. They've done that before, and it didn't work out. Uh, WrestleMania you know, 2000, when they had you know, Triple H, Rock, uh, Foley, and Big Show, it was just kind of very messy, and there was so much stuff going on with the McMahons in every corner. It just was very messy. And even a triple threat, you know, when I look back at Chris Benoit, who beat you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, 
I don't remember the match as much as I remember the moment when Benoit won. I remember that moment crystal clear, but the match itself is kind of fuzzy. So to have another yeah. triple threat, you know, I don't know. I would rather see a one-on-one match, but I sure as hell don't want to see a one-on-one match with Batista and Orton. So adding Daniel Bryan, at least it adds something new. The fans will be into it, and Bryan could mix things up. Now, if Bryan loses by some chance, and Triple H is in that match, mm. again, we have a situation where the fans are going to turn. They're, they're going to be very upset. They're going to be chanting. All, if anything, they may even chant CM Punk, which is probably the last thing the WWE wants at WrestleMania. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think – who knows if Punk comes back or not. I personally would like to see Punk interfere in the Bryan-Triple H match. But if Punk doesn't come back, I would like to see Shawn Michaels interfere in that match. Michaels was one of the guys who cost Daniel Bryan the WWE Championship when they had their match with Randy Orton. So it would be great for Michaels to redeem his student, Daniel Bryan, and to maybe even betray his buddy, Triple H. That would be interesting. But, the, you know, Batista, I just... I just feel they just went too much too soon with him. They could have really held off, and it would have been a lot better. So, unfortunately, they did this too soon. Now the fans don't want anything to do with him. So, and I should mention that if you watched Raw yesterday, Batista tore his pants in half. He did the, uh, the spear, and he just tore his pants. It was all over the Internet. There's pictures of Batista. They were saying, thank God, at least he wore underwear. <laughs> oh, I read that. He said, I'm glad I had on my good underwear and I didn't have on my skinny jeans. Yeah. He said. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, and, them, uh, them skinny jeans like, that he wears do not belong on him. I'm sorry. No, absolutely. That's, no. Uh-uh. No, he, he looks ridiculous. What did you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Hogan, and I don't even know who the other guy was. Are they, is, is yeah, another guy that's in that movie. I don't know his name either offhand. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I don't like when a celebrity gets the better of a wrestler. And they throw the Miz over the top rope. Ah, come on. Yeah. He said, he said I'm a tough guy because I wrestle. You play tough guys in the movies. That's only a, a character. That was great. And then line. I watched Arnold Schwarzenegger by accident. I saw him on uh, one of the talk shows last night, Jimmy Fallon. And they showed footage of the movie with mostly showing Schwarzenegger. Now, in the movie, they showed the back of Arnold Schwarzenegger's head with a big bald spot. Is he wearing a toupee? (laughs) Because he didn't have no bald spot sitting with Jimmy Kimmel, and he didn't have a bald spot on Raw. I mean, you can cover up a ball spot, but can you make one? <laughs> I tell you, that was something else, though. But that other guy, uh, I don't know, they brought him out there. He's not on the same level as that, as that, that group that was out there. No. I don't even and know then who he, he was. Tells, he tells the other guys to take care of Miz. He says, I got this. Get the fuck out of here. The Miz should have kicked him one time in the balls and saying, "What you got what? Now what do you got? You're an actor. <laughs> and it seems with time, Schwarzenegger is uh, talking more worse than he did like 20 years ago. Because he got so many face transplants that he looks, he looks like his eyes are half closed. 
You could blind that motherfucker with dental floss. <laughs> and don't forget that he had to have sex with his maid, to, you know, uh, and that was just revealed a couple of years back. And he brought children with his disgusting maid. Oh, boy. Oh, Arnold yeah, Mark. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you remember that, right? Yep. Unbelievable. Well, let's go down Memory Street with March 31, 1996. Blackjack was there for WrestleMania 12 in Anaheim, California, one of the greats. Um, opening match had a tag team match for the vacant tag team championship with Skip and Zip and uh, the Body Donners defeating the Godwins, Henry and Vinius with Hillbilly Jim in a six-man tag team match. Vader, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog defeated Team Cornette, uh, Yokozuna, Jake the Snake, and Ahmed Johnson. Check that. Uh, Cornette was accompanying Vader, Owen, and the Bulldog. Singles matches had the ringmaster Steve Austin uh, with Ted DiBiase defeating Sabio Vega, Ultimate Warrior over Triple H. Undertaker with Paul Bearer defeating Diesel, Rowdy Rowdy Piper in the Hollywood Backlot Brawl defeating Goldust with Marlena, and in the main event, they needed overtime in the 60-man Iron Man match, but overtime was enough for HBK Shawn Michaels to win his first World Wrestling Federation Championship by the Beating the fellow by the name of Brett, the Hitman Hart. Yeah. What a WrestleMania that was. What do you think of oh, that? Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 12, you know, for me, despite that, you know, my boy Brett lost. I mean, what a match. An Iron Man match for 60 straight minutes of two guys who just didn't quit. Two of the best right. of their generation. You know, going at it, Michaels and Brett, you know, the showstopper and the hitman, the heartbreak kid and the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. These guys wrestled a hellacious match, and they didn't slow down much. They wrestled pretty full speed, you know, doing all kinds of, uh, you know, cross bodies, flying off the ropes. They were doing suicide dives. They were wrestling like it was maybe a 10-minute match, but they did it for 60 minutes straight. It was just unbelievable. And, of course, it went into overtime. Neither man could get a pinfall or a submission in the match in the required 60-minute time, and it went into overtime. And the overtime was just as, you know, great. It was very quick. And then Michaels, of course, hit that sweet chin music, putting Brett down. And he, you know, achieved his boyhood dream, his first WWE championship. And it was, you know, a, just an incredible, incredible match. One of my uh, WrestleMania favorites. Uh, also on that, uh, that pay-per-view at WrestleMania 12, I remember very distinctly that match with Rowdy Piper and Goldust. That was one of the weirdest, strangest uh, matches I've seen. But it was kind of fun, too. This was during... I believe the whole uh, O.J. Simpson scandal, and they had that kind of where they were driving, you know, the the truck or the van, and they kind of had that kind of similar, you know, moment uh, during the match, which was just, you know, just kind of funny, just something silly that you know Vince likes to throw in matches. 
But uh, it was just uh, real physical, though. It was surprising how physical these guys were just beating the hell out of each other and just all over the place. And eventually it, uh, it ended up in the ring, and then Piper, for some reason, he disrobed uh, Goldust out of his costume, and he was wearing women's lingerie. It was <laughs> such a weird, bizarre uh, moment. But uh, it was definitely memorable because I still remember it for some strange reason. And, uh, of course, you know, Ultimate Warrior defeating Triple H and you know, I don't know how long that match was, maybe about a minute. And uh, it's hard to believe when you look back that Triple H, who's had the career he's had, and he suffered a loss like that, very similar to Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan losing in about 18 seconds against Sheamus. So it's, uh, it's kind of funny the way their careers are, are going, and now you have Daniel Bryan in the, the same situation. But I don't think... You know, uh, it's it's just very, very funny the way you look back at things and remember them. But uh, And, of course, Steve Austin, the ringmaster, you know, you know, Austin's first big mania with the WWE. He was the ringmaster. He was, you know, DiBiase's protege. And it was not necessarily a character that worked out too well for Austin. Soon DiBiase would leave and go to WCW, and Austin was stuck in the WWE with nothing really to do. And eventually they came up with that stone-cold name, that gimmick, and it just took off for him, especially once when they came in the ring. ring. After he beat Jake Snake. So that was interesting. But uh, as you as you uh, spoke about OJ, uh, the the anniversary of OJ killing uh, Nicole Brown and the uh, alleged brother, I think, is uh, in three months. Uh, I know the jury said he was not guilty, but to me, he's 100% guilty. And uh, that actually was going on during the Knicks versus the Rockets, and. Uh, People didn't know what was going on at the game because you didn't have telephones and, you know, uh, yeah. Internet then like the way you do now. So uh, that's 20 years ago. Dominic, was that the one where Roddy Piper had his face painted half black and half white? No. Oh, no. You think of when he fought Brett the, Head. Brett the Hitman Hart or Bad News Brown, one of those guys? Wasn't it oh, Bad News Brown? <laughs> Yeah, which WrestleMania was that? That could have been eight, I think. That could have been eight. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we have some commentary. Is the WWE Network worth nine ninety nine? Let's take a listen. We'll talk the, about uh, the WWE Network. I want to just talk about this really quickly. I caught part of the live stream on the network yesterday. I caught the Elimination Chamber main event from 2012. It was, uh, that just happened to be on. It was John Cena versus Kane. Noticed a big-ass solemn monster sign in the crowd at the start of the match, so that was cool to see. Uh, when that ended, they aired a match between Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko as kind of a buffer, I guess, between the end of the, the pay-per-view and whatever show is coming on next. So it looked like it was from one of uh, Rey's DVDs. It was Mysterio against Dean Malenko from WCW Monday Nitro, the night after Bash at the Beach in 96, where Hogan turned heel and joined the NWO. Uh, they filmed this Nitro outdoors at Universal Studios, I think it was. it was. It was funny seeing all the old people sitting in the front row. You know, clearly they took the most elderly people there, people in wheelchairs, and they're all, they're all just right there. There's no barricade or anything. They're just sitting in the front row, 
and uh, having a good time, I guess, watching Rey Mysterio fly around the ring and, and Dean Malenko doing his thing. And uh, I give WCW a lot of credit. I always enjoyed those outdoor Nitro shows, the, the spring break shows from Club uh, La Vila. WWE never does anything fun like that. You know, only for WrestleMania they'll have outdoor shows. Would it really kill them to do a spring break Raw or something like that? You know, change it up a little bit. This was uh, Mysterio's first title win. He beat Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. And then they aired a SmackDown episode from 2003, Best of SmackDown, with the Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle 60-minute Iron Man match for the WWE title. A great frickin' match. They, they were the perfect two guys to have an Iron Man match. Uh, and it really hit me watching that show, because it was the whole episode, how awesome SmackDown was that year. You know, SmackDown was the shit in 2003. They had a Mysterio, uh, Chris Benoit versus Tajiri Rhino tag team match, which is the first Benoit match I've watched in years. They had Eddie and Chavo against Haas and Benjamin for the tag team titles. Uh, I, I had something else to do after that, but I, I tuned back in for the Iron Man match. But, I mean, they had those guys. They had The Rock, you know, Taker, Hogan. So they had big names on the show, too. It wasn't just, oh, some good wrestlers. They had a lot of A-level talent on the show, plus Eddie and, and Benoit and Mysterio and Edge and Jericho at some point went over to SmackDown. You know, that's why SmackDown was the A-show, in my opinion, that year. You know, while Triple H was busy, you know, terrorizing the world on Raw, these guys were tearing it up every week. Uh, it was awesome. So, anyway, I'll have uh, little updates on the network like that every now and then when I catch what's on. It's well worth the nine ninety nine for this stuff alone. And from what I understand, once this free trial period is over, and I have no idea when the trial period is ending because it was only supposed to be that first week, and they've extended it. I don't expect that when WrestleMania rolls around, you're going to be able to sign up for a free... I just can't see them doing that, so I'm sure it's going to be over sometime in the next two weeks would be my guess. I don't know if they extended it because they were unhappy with the number of uh, sign-ups, or if I'm just reading too much into that. But once this free trial period is over, from what I understand, they're going to be adding a lot more stuff. They may be adding every single Saturday night's main event. They may be adding every single Clash of the Champions at that point. So they're going to be adding more and more to it. So well worth the 9.99. Raw this past... Okay, JJ, as somebody who has the WWE Network, what's your take on that? There's, I agree 100%. It's definitely worth $9.99, considering you used to pay for pay-per-views, you know, once a month, which were damn near, you know, $50, $60. You're getting the WWE Network for $9.99. You can watch it on your television through your video game consoles. You can watch it on your laptop. You can watch it on your, your iPhone. You can watch it on your iPad. And uh, there's so much content. I rarely go into the library, the vaults, and watch, you know, the pay-per-views or other shows because I'm just watching the 24-7 stream, which is just nonstop wrestling. There's always something on, whether it's ECW. How's the quality? Or, yeah. How is the quality? Well, the quality, uh, the video quality is HD. So, I mean, you're seeing the best. Uh, video quality, the crystal clear. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. It's better than television, I think. Uh, especially as long as the stream is running good and if it's smooth, it's it's a thing of beauty, man. It's real good. There are times though when the show starts, it might be buffering a little, it might be a tiny bit fuzzy, but once it clears up and it's it's running, uh, I haven't had a single real problem with it. 
which is uh, you know pretty great with the live stream. So especially with WrestleMania coming up, a lot of people are going to be taking the chance to watch it on the network. They don't want to see some crappy buffering quality where maybe it might freeze. They want to watch something that's running, you know, 100%. And so far they've been testing it out with main events. Uh, the past two weeks they've had main event live on the WWE Network, and uh, it's been doing pretty well. There's no real uh, problems, you know, maybe – you know, like I said, there's that issue where it buffers a little and it gets a little, you know, scrambled, but then it clears up. So hopefully that's something they'll address and have, you know, nailed down by WrestleMania 30. But like I said, I just watched the 24-7 stream. I've become a fan of uh, their shows. As I mentioned, WrestleMania Rewind and just seeing the history involved in, you know, the WrestleManias, hearing the people involved in it, the guys of today talking about it when they were kids and they were watching WrestleMania. It's pretty cool to see them talking as fans. And uh, there's other shows like The Countdown, where they just kind of count down, you know, some of the best catchphrases, their entrances, finishing moves, backstabs. It's just it's kind of fun stuff to watch if you're a fan. And uh, they have this Beyond the, Beyond the Ring, which is sort of these documentary-style uh, programs in which they really go in-depth on a superstar's career, you know, one of the first uh, Beyond the Rings that I saw was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, the history of their rivalry, in which Jim Ross had a sit-down interview with both of them discussing, you know, what it was like in their career when they were coming up together. And then, of course, the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, I've seen them do ones with The Rock, which were really well done. Stone Cold Steve Austin, they addressed the situation when he walked out himself. They just did one this past weekend of the uh, life and career of Mick Foley, and it was just really amazing. I was reliving some of his older stuff with uh, WCW, and he was talking about even when he got fired from WCW and just coming up, and they have even Shane Douglas, who I was surprised, was uh, talking about Mick Foley and how they kind of came up together. And, you know, he kind of, you know, mentioned him to a few people and the independent promoters. And, of course, he kind of brought him in with ECW and just the transformation Foley had. I'm looking forward to their next one. I'm not sure who they're doing. But uh, there's just so many great programs. Another show that I never thought I'd ever watch, NXT. NXT is something we talked about uh, maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago. I hadn't seen it. I wasn't really, you know, interested in seeing their sort of minor league uh, developmental team. And, you know, I've been watching the past NXT shows, and they have been something else. You know, we talk about Raw and WWE and SmackDown, and you see that sort of sports entertainment. And yet when I watch NXT, it's like they're, they're running a wrestling promotion. You're seeing quality wrestling matches with guys who are really just amazing. And sometimes they'll have someone from the WWE come in and work with someone like Sheamus or Antonio Cesaro. Uh, one of the best matches, if I could recommend to anyone, is go on YouTube, look up Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. And these guys tore the house down. They've had two or three matches. They had a two out of three falls match. They had a match at the NXT Arrival. They were just unbelievable. It really made me a fan of wrestling again. And uh, even the women, the women on there are actually wrestling. Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte, she's on there. Uh, they have Paige, you know, who's still uh, one of their first uh, women champions. And 
just the way they run NXT is just really impressive. They run it like a wrestling promotion. They don't necessarily run it like a sports entertainment promotion like they do at Raw. Yeah, it's the same cameras. It's a bit of a smaller crowd, but it's just something just pretty cool. If you catch it, I think you'd like it. It's just something different. And, of course, they have those old uh, SmackDowns you could watch. The Iron Man match between Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. I mentioned at the start of the show that I've been watching some of the original Raws in 93. And I've always, you know, I'm looking for Blackjack because he's right there front row. And uh, it's pretty cool to see. But there's lots of other great content. It's uh, truly a tremendous deal for just $9.99 a month. You can't go wrong if you want to kind of relive those days from the 90s or 80s and see some of those original pay-per-views that you haven't seen in a long time. Or if you just want to see something that's going on now, you know, they'll replay some of the older pay-per-views and they kind of mix it up with the newer pay-per-views. And it's kind of the hardest thing with the WWE Network is turning it off because there's always something to watch. So they have something streaming as we're talking right now, right? As we're talking now, if, let's see. If I were to go on the WWE Network right now, I'm going to try to do that. Let's see what they have on the schedule. I know they had main event on, I think, earlier. And, of course, I mentioned they're going to be debuting that WrestleMania Rewind with uh, Owen and Brett. So let's see. Yeah, right now, WrestleMania Rewind, you would be seeing the Bret Hart versus Owen at WrestleMania 10 which is on right now, and it's going to be over in a half hour. In a half hour, they have the WWE Countdown, which I mentioned before, which they sort of count down the top ten, uh, you know, like I said, finishers, entrances, whatever. Tonight they have the top ten bloopers of the WWE, which is just something voted by fans, you know, the top ten biggest blunders where they made errors or mistakes, something like Shockmaster running through the wall and his helmet falling off, just something really ridiculous like that. And then after that, they have the replay of main event. Then they replay WrestleMania Rewind again. Later tonight uh, in the morning, they have Legends of Wrestling with Jim Ross, Pat Patterson, Michael Hayes, uh, Brian James, and Mean Gene Okerlund. And they talk about the evolution of hardcore wrestling, you know, when it started in the, you know, the early days, which is guys who were just, you know, flat-out brawlers who just would make people bleed. And then they talk about, you know, hardcore wrestling of the 90s, like ECW and even uh, today. They also have a raw flashback with Yokozuna battling Crush, Tonka taking on the Brooklyn Brawler, Lex Express taking and uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty for the Intercontinental Championship. So there is always something going on on the WWE Network. Uh, what's the story with this Scooby-Doo uh, cartoon with the WWE, JJ? Have you been keeping up with date with that? <clears throat> well, they did have, you know, Scooby-Doo was a part of Raw yesterday. They did a DVD which has various superstars like AJ Lee, Triple H, Vince McMahon, Brodus Clay, and uh, Sin Cara, in which they appear in an animated movie with uh, the characters of Scooby-Doo. And uh, they were promoting that movie and the DVD, which is available now. And, uh, you know, it was just something, you know, for the kids. You know, it's something for, the, you know, they're, it's the PG era now. So they're just uh, <clears throat> they're just real focused on the child demographic. They also have a new animated uh, short called Slam City, 
in which they have this sort of uh, claymation animation of the superstars being fired from wrestling and having to get jobs outside of wrestling. But unfortunately, with Slam City, none of the WWE wrestlers voice their character. However, in the Scooby-Doo DVD, these superstars do voice their own characters. Sounds interesting indeed. Okay, let's go back to East Rutherford, New Jersey, last year's WrestleMania, and uh, let's see who's left from last year to uh, this year. Uh, It was an outdoor event. Uh, They took a chance, and they did pretty good in terms of the uh, weather, as we had... uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, The Miz defeated Wade Barrett via submission. Six-man tag team action had The Shield defeating Randy Orton, Sheamus, and The Big Show. Mark Henry over Ryback. Team Hell No, uh, which featured Kane and Daniel Bryan defeating Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston with A.J. Lee. Uh, Fandango defeated Chris Jericho in a singles match. Uh, For the World Heavyweight Championship, Alberto Del Rios defeated Jack Swagger uh, via submission. In the next contest, it was The Undertaker over CM Punk, of course, with Paul Heyman in his corner. And in no-holds-barred match, uh, if Triple H lost, he would have to retire. Triple H with Shawn Michaels defeated Brock Lesnar, of course, with Paul Heyman. And in the WWE Championship main event, it was John Cena, the challenger, defeating The Rock, the champion. JJ, what's your thoughts of that WrestleMania as we embark on WrestleMania 30 from last you know, year? I enjoyed last uh, year's WrestleMania. I thought it was probably one of the the better cards they've had as of the recent years. You know, there's always been a lot of WrestleManias lately where people felt they were underwhelmed, but I thought they had really had a lot of star talent. They had the debut of the Shield. They had, you know. Uh, you know, that Undertaker-CM Punk match, in my opinion, stole the show. And they had Paul yes. Heyman doing double duty. Paul Heyman, as you mentioned, was there for CM Punk and Brock Lesnar. And, of course, we had the uh, rematch of the once-in-a-lifetime match between John Cena and The Rock, which I guess was twice in a lifetime. We had, of course, Alberto Del Rio defending the title, the world title, against Jack Swagger. A lot of people didn't like the fact Swagger was main eventing for the title. He just kind of, kind of similar to Batista, he just kind of came out of nowhere and was just thrown into the main event. And a lot of people weren't upset about that because they wanted Dolph Ziggler to fight Del Rio or at least to cash in money in the bank. And it didn't happen at WrestleMania. It did happen at uh, Raw the next night. But for WrestleMania, a lot of fans were upset that you know Ziggler didn't cash in the title. And uh, Chris Jericho putting over Fandango in his first, uh, not only his first WrestleMania, but his first wrestling match on WWE, period. And he gets a win over Jericho. And, uh, That's right. Team Hell No, which, you know, I, I like Team Hell No. I thought they were a, a fun tag team. 
Brian and Kane had this sort of comedic side going on, and yet they uh, Brian, you know, worked really overdrive. He really was starting to come up. Fans were paying attention to him, and they were really getting in his uh, corner. And uh, he was taking on Dolph Ziggler and Biggie Langston, and uh, it was it was a good match, it was fun. You know, it was a uh, you know I think Team Hell No really did a lot of good for the tag division at the time, and uh, you know the Shield really took the ball from then on. And they've just been uh, a phenomenal team. We've seen, you know, the Usos finally now getting recognition. But at the time, the Usos weren't even on the card. So, uh, you know, and The Miz, believe it or not, The Miz, when he beat Wade Barrett, he's actually undefeated at WrestleMania. I think he's 4-0. and So this year's uh, WrestleMania could be uh, where Miz suffers his first loss. So we'll see. Well, yes, he uh, he's in the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, right? That's right. I can't imagine Miz winning that. Um, it would be a huge surprise and a shock if the Miz walked away the winner of the first ever Andre the Giant Battle Royal. We mentioned before, at least my pick would be the big show. That would be the obvious pick. But with the WWE, you never know. They might want to swerve some people. They've already announced about 26 uh, participants for that Battle Royal. So that means there's only four spots available that we don't know. I'm thinking we might see Rob Van Dam return. We may see some other superstars return or at least do just a a one-night spot. So it's uh, very interesting to see what happens in that Battle Royal. No, no question. Dominic, what's your thoughts on 29 and 30 coming up? WrestleMania. Number 30, I'd like to see the guy Alexander Rusoff. If Joe don't win the Battle Royal, I'd like like to see that kid do it. That would cement him in there as definitely a main eventer. 29, 29, I didn't like the idea that Jericho lost, but that's Jericho. Jericho's a company man. He'll he'll give the rub to an unknown, and right after that, he left to go do his music with Fozzie. And I think Jericho did the right thing for the company. I mean, you know, Fandango ain't the greatest wrestler. He's a better dancer than he is a wrestler. (laughs) Right. But better music. (laughs) Just like Desion is. My horse and carriage is for hire, senora. But he's a better dancer for sure than he is a wrestler. But Jericho gave him the rub. He figures, I'm not going to be around for a while. I'm taking the band on the road. So what the hell, I'll let you beat me. We could see the return of Rob Van Dam. We could maybe even see Punk fill in one of those spots. You don't know. Possible. See who? Unless they bring Brodus Clay in for that spot. Well, you remember we had all the rappers surprised up there, too, to a lot of people's like and dislike. Yep. Uh, so it would be interesting if any of the bands perform uh, like they usually do for Triple H and guys oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they didn't say that yet. Well, they yeah, were actually, talking about Eminem. Oh, well, yeah, Eminem? Eminem or, or, or uh, Kid Rock, they were, they've been talking to. Oh, yeah. Oh. As I said, they just been talking, but uh, nothing is uh, signed yet. I don't think the word is actually out as of yet because it's still in the negotiating times right now. 
I am in Detroit right now. You hear things. And that's where, of course, the home of uh, Mr. Eminem is. And Blackjack, what were your thoughts last year of 29, WrestleMania 29? I thought it was great. And I'm looking forward to this year's as well in New Orleans. As I said, it's 99.9% that uh, I will be there. I might as well keep my streak with going to uh, Manias, so I might as well go to 30. Yeah. Well, my hell. Okay. Let me get to uh, WrestleMania X8. And uh, as I wait for that to pull up, that was uh, as the WWE returned to Toronto Skydome. It was the 18th annual WrestleMania pay-per-view. It was March 17, 2002. Wow. Can't believe that's... Uh, what, 12 years now? Yep, 12 years. But uh, here is the uh, history of that and the matches. Six-man tag team action. Uh, Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and Albert defeated Mr. Perfect, Lance Storm, and Tess. Wow, a lot wow. of people dead match. My God, yeah, really? Right. Unbelievable. Uh, Intercontinental title match. RVD defeated champion William Regal to become new champ. Diamond Dallas Page, this is for the European title, defeated Christian. Wow, listen to this one. Hardcore championship match. Maven over Coldest. Uh, actually, Maven and Goldas fought to a no contest. Oh, Here's God. one that you can still see in uh, maybe a couple months. Kurt Angle defeated Kane. Uh, the streak as uh, the Undertaker successfully defeats defeated the Nature Boy Rick Flair. We had the Edge over Booker T. We also had Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Scott Hall with Kevin Nash. Billy and Chuck, champions, defeated the APA. This is a four-way, four corners. The Dudley Boys, uh, Bubba Ray and Devon with Stacey Keebler and the Hardy Boys. Wow, that must have been good. Probably was. I didn't see it. But uh, The Rocks over Hollywood Hulk Hogan, which should have been the main event, a lot of people felt. Triple threat match for the WW Woman, WWF Women's Championship at the time. Jazz is the champion. Defeated Trish Stratus and Alita. Nobody's around from that women's group I just mentioned. Interesting. And for the main event, uh, it was the un, for the undisputed WWF championship with Triple H defeating Chris Jericho. Unbelievable. Uh, Dominic, what's your thoughts on that WrestleMania? Yeah, it was all right. It's got its good matches and its bad ones. The women's one sound like it was one of the best. Uh, yeah. Jericho, I don't know. I would have put Jericho over on Triple H. Uh, Billy and Chuck, 
they went way too far with that stupid gimmick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hated it. They were almost up at the friggin' altar, and they were going to get married by a phony priest. That was Eric, pushing the line too much. Didn't like that at all. No, that went way over. Yep. That's what no, McMahon is stuck on stupid, and his needle don't want to move. Amen to that. J.J., mm-hmm. uh, your thoughts on WrestleMania X8? Yeah, I agree uh, with Dominic. You know, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Was it one of the greatest? I don't know, but uh, I enjoyed it. It definitely had some uh, good matches and some moments that definitely stand out. You know, was Hulk Hogan versus The Rock a wrestling classic? No, but it was, you know, two generations. It was that kind of WrestleMania moment. The fans at the uh, in Toronto, they just really got behind uh, Hulk Hogan and it just, you know, The Rock, who was the babyface at the time, basically became the most hated man in the building just because it was Hulk Hogan's big return, and they were just 100% behind him. And uh, Rock got the win. I was happy to see Rock get the win. And for once, Hogan actually put somebody over. And uh, it's so funny when you look back and how many people who main evented WrestleMania and they weren't uh, the champion, and yet... This one, you have Rock and Hogan, who probably should have main evented and yet didn't. And then I agree with Dominic. I would have loved to see Chris Jericho, who was the undisputed champion, defeat Triple H. But unfortunately, at that time, that was when Triple H tore his quadricep muscle, and he just came back, and he got that explosive uh, reaction from the, the fans at the Madison Square Garden at Raw. And it was definitely it was their way to just kind of put him over. But uh, it would have been nice for Jericho to get a nice big WrestleMania win. But, uh, you know, Scott Hall and Austin, I think even Austin mentioned there was a point that he wanted to work with Hogan, but for whatever reason it didn't happen. And I don't know if that has to do with Hogan or it has to do with Austin, but uh, it didn't happen. So instead we saw Austin and Scott Hall, who had, you know, a, you know, a pretty all right match, uh, Jazz, Trish Stratus, and Lita, you know, there's two Hall of Famers right there. Trish and Lita's going into the Hall of Fame this year. But Jazz was awesome, man. She was a badass when she was in the ring. You know, you knew if you were wrestling Jazz, you were going to be in for a fight, man. She was that was Rodney Mack's wife, isn't it? I think so. Was I yeah, think so? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Teddy oh, yeah, Long used to do the white boy challenge. That was Rodney Mack, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. With Teddy Long. Like Goldberg uh, was in that white boy challenge. And that's the only time I've seen him get a pop in in the WWE. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, Dominic, I'm going to ask you to find WrestleMania 10. All right, WrestleMania 10. Let's see what I got in the almanac here. WrestleMania yeah. 10. Okay. Let's see. That was, of course, the Garden. Going from memory, I could be wrong. Maybe. Right. Uh, Here it is. I got it. Against All right. Hart. WrestleMania 10. March 20th, 1994. Wow. From the Garden. The Bushwhackers. Against the Heavenly Body. Heavenly Bodies, the winners over the Bushwhackers. Owen Hart, Ken Brett. Um, Oh, my God. 
Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vishan beat Doink and Dink. <laughs> oh, my. Macho Man defeated Crush. Falls count anywhere. Women's match, Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa, won over Leilani Kai. Men on a Mission uh, defeated the Quebecers by a countout. Yokozuna beat Luger on a DQ. Earthquake pinned Adam Bomb. IC champion Razor Ramon defeated Shawn Michaels in a ladder match. That was excellent. Excellent. And Red Hart pinned world champion Yokozuna to win the title. Wow. What are your memories of that, Dominic? Owen and Brett, for sure, was excellent. Bad memories. Bam Bam and, and, and Luna against Doink and Dink. Macho oh Man and Crush wasn't good. Alundra Blaze and Leilani Kai was excellent. Um, Earthquake and Adam Bomb, so-so. Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, that was the ladder match. That was freaking incredible. That's what put ladder matches with them guys and, and anybody on the mat. Yeah. That was unbelievable matchup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. JJ, I was on YouTube thought, the other day, and I saw I, I watched that. Oh, yeah? Yep. Bring back memories, huh? Yeah, because I was looking for, for Razor Ramon promos. So I saw I saw that match. I saw the ladder match. JJ, your thoughts on number 10? Well, you know, that was definitely a special WrestleMania for me personally. You know, Brett was always, you know, my guy. I was always a wrestling fan, you know, throughout the years, watching the earlier WrestleManias, whether they were live or on VHS. And uh, WrestleMania 10 was a moment where I just became, I knew I was going to be a wrestling fan for life. Uh, you know, the opening match with Bret and Owen, just uh, a, cl- a classic, pure wrestling. And what was so great about their sort of feud, which you, I'm going to watch later on the WWE Network when they have WrestleMania Rewind and they cover that match, was just the year-long the feud they had going into that, where it started at Survivor Series and it ended up at the Royal Rumble where Owen kind of went, definitely went heel and turned on Brett. And uh, just leading up to that match at WrestleMania, Owen always being in the shadow of Brett. And he finally got a clean victory. If you can imagine, you know, someone getting a clean victory over John Cena today, you know, it's something you don't see very often or at all. And Owen got that clean victory over Brett. And that night, he was the better heart. And yet... Brett would go on to main events because he won the Royal Rumble and he main evented WrestleMania taking on Yokozuna and he won the title and all the superstars came out. They put him on his, uh, put Brett on their shoulder. You know, Razor was there, Savage was there, Piper was there. And then here comes Owen looking at his brother, holding the title over his head and he just beat Brett earlier in the show and it was just, the look on his face was priceless. And then, of course, the ladder match between Razor and Michaels, you know, it stole the show. It's something we still talk about today. You could watch it today, and it still holds up. It was just a defining moment in both their careers. And uh, when I look back, uh, even Alonzo Blaze, you know, she was definitely, women's wrestling was a lot different then. It's not like it was today. And she was, you know, a role model. She was your typical, you know, good guy, and, you know, she was wrestling, you know, Alana Kai, who was, you know, the heel. And, 
you know, it was, it was a good match, uh, you know, for women's wrestling at that time. And, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon, I was always a fan of just their characters. I liked their pairing. And uh, Doink, Doink was, you know, he was a silly, goofy character, but at the same time, the guy could wrestle. So having him and Bam Bam go at it, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought, uh, you know, even the, the false count anywhere with Randy Savage and Crutch, not maybe the greatest technical match of Savage's career, but, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. So, you know, I, I like WrestleMania 10. I got uh, fond memories of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Yokozuna, was he in that? Well, yeah, he was the champion. He, he was, was the, the champion. champion. He lost. He lost uh, to Brett. Even Lex Luger had a shot at him earlier in the the, the pay-per-view, I thought. Yeah, and, uh, it was, and Piper was the special referee. Yeah, Piper was the special referee for Brett's match. Piper was the special referee. Okay, uh, Dominic, let's do one more. Let's go to WrestleMania da, 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 21. Okay, let's see. Because in between these here, they got Survivor Series and everything mixed in. Uh, let's see, WrestleMania 21, 21, 21. Uh... Over the edge, WrestleMania 15, WrestleMania 21, Backlash, Judgment Day. Uh, I went out with it. All right, bear with me a minute. WrestleMania 21 was in uh, oh, I must have California. asked this 23. Wait a minute. WrestleMania 21. Okay, here we go. WrestleMania 21, April 3rd, 2005, Staples Center, Los Angeles. I'm loving this already. Rey Mysterio Jr., Pendetti Guerrero. Wow. Winning a six-way, Money in the Bank, over Shelton Benjamin, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Christian and Kane. Undertaker won over Randy Orton. Trish Stratus over Christy Hemme. Kurt Angle over Shawn Michaels. Akibono beat the Big Show in a sumo match. Uh, John Cena beat WWE champion JBL to win the title. And Batista pinned world champion Triple H to win that title. No, that my. Was good, that was a good one. What are your memories from that one, Dominic? Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero was excellent. Edge, Edge's ladder match was excellent. Um, Undertaker, Undertaker's match against Randy Orton was a typical great match carried by Undertaker. Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels was excellent. Akabono and Big Show was the stupidest freaking thing, one of them, that I've ever seen. Akabono is a great wrestler over in Japan. They did it sumo style, and they made a oh, fool yeah. of Big Show yet again. <laughs> yeah, Big Show finds himself in these weird matches. Yeah, the every boxers. time they got something stupid to do, they make Big Show do it. It's unheard of. Yeah. JJ, your thoughts on that WrestleMania? Yeah, much like uh, Dominic said, that was a, a really good WrestleMania, WrestleMania 21, Mysterio and Guerrero. I mean, my God, those guys were awesome. What a way to kick off 
uh, WrestleMania 21. The one thing I do remember about that match was Mysterio at the time, he always kind of wore this kind of full head mask, and yet for that particular match, he had a, a different type of mask where the back was open and you could see his hair, and unfortunately during the match it was very loose and it seemed like it was coming off a lot. So there was many times where I remember he was just trying to keep the mask on his head, and he was doing all these moves to Guerrero, and Eddie was doing all these moves to Mysterio, and the mask kept coming off. I think Eddie was probably getting kind of pissed because he was just wanting to wrestle, and you got Mysterio just trying to make sure his mask stays on. But those guys had an awesome match. It was just a really great way to kick it off. Again, Money in the Bank, I'm a big fan of Money in the Bank, especially this one, which was the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match in which Edge won. And uh, it was just really great because this was at a time when guys like Edge, Rob Van Dam, CM Punk, they were kind of guys who never got main event title opportunities, and yet winning those type of matches were you know, a guaranteed shot where they were going to become champions. So it was very cool in the early days, the Money in the Bank. And uh, The Undertaker and Orton, another great match. This was when Orton was really coming off that legend killer status, and he was really, you know, like I said, he spit in the face of Harley Race, which was unimaginable. Yeah, really. The the top guys, you know, even, you know, they brought in, I think, Jake Roberts. They had Mick Foley, and he was just, you know, establishing that legend killer name. And, you know, this was just a great way to build up that, you know, Orton was going to kill the legend of the streak. And he didn't. He was uh, another victim of the streak. So another great match with Undertaker. Uh, Angle and, you know, Shawn Michaels, this was just like a dream match. I thought maybe these guys could have possibly stole the show. It was just a tremendous match. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. You know, Angle, Michaels, again, two of the best. It was almost like, for me, watching WrestleMania 12 all over again. Except it wasn't an Iron Man match, but it was still a pretty damn good match. And uh, John Cena, JBL. Not the greatest match in the world, but it was John Cena's first time winning the WWE Championship. And believe it or not, if you rewatch this match, the fans were actually cheering Cena, if you could imagine that. But uh, it was a definitely a different time, uh, you know, back in WrestleMania 21. And of course, Batista, Triple H, you know, they had a you know a, a you know a decent match, whatever. But uh, it was a, a good show overall, really good show. Absolutely. And I want to thank Dominic, JJ, and Blackjack for uh, going down memory lane with WrestleMania. It's been quite fun. And, of course, next week we will have our predictions, which would be even more fun. So join us then. And, of course, tomorrow, Tom Nazarel, we will talk about the Blade Runner Oscar Pedroia's trial tomorrow, plus Judge Joe Brown in jail and much more commentary uh, tomorrow. Okay, JJ, thank you. Dominic, thank you. Always a pleasure, and, guys. Hanging out. Yeah, with you're now. welcome. Always a pleasure Black hanging Jack. with you guys. I'm definitely the same here. Dominic, JJ, King, always a pleasure, brother. Okay. Well, same here, Blackjack. All right. Well, I'll I, see you in a week. Later, kids. Yeah. Take care.